Welcome in everybody to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm James Haskell along with my co-host Glenn Martin. We are live on a Thursday night, 48 hours and change or a little less than 48 hours out from our event over at Ellie's that we were excited about, of course, on Saturday night. But mm-hmm. on this Thursday evening, checking in, Glenn, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well, doing well. Uh, hopefully, um going to watch uh, an Orioles series win tonight. They're going for the for the series win. It's a rubber game tonight. It's currently tied. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fourth bottom of the fourth inning but uh for those O's fans out there it was a heartbreaker a couple nights ago as they gave up uh Bautista gave up the, the the gave up the lead in the in the ninth inning to a solo shot to the judge but came back last night those put up eight runs in the seventh I believe nice. and storm back and win in New York so they're going for the the series win it's it it's a it's a good time in Baltimore Jimbo it how is. can I complain yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you 100% every day. There seems to be uh, more and more steam behind the Orioles, and people are getting super excited about the Ravens. That's what we're here to talk about mm-hmm. tonight, and super excited to do so. Um, there there was one other thing I was going to mention. Well, but you before, know, what? before you go any further, again, please come out on yeah. Saturday, even if you can only pop in for you know the beginning, the end, somewhere in the middle. Get a chance to meet the missile. Kadri Ismail will be in the building. Uh, if you're a 105.7 listener, Cordell Woodland will be in the building. And, of course, our guy, Tony Thornton from 98 Rock. That's right. So pop in, and we'll be there as well. Uh, yeah. You guys will get to see DK. Uh, I know everybody likes when when they get to meet DK. He's usually in the background. The man um, behind the curtain. That's right. So please come out and, uh, you know, share have, have a beer with me. I know I'll, uh, I'll at least have a couple set bases. That's right. I mean? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, be sure be sure to do so. Um, there's not the other thing I was gonna mention. I got a little bit of a uh, a bee in my bonnet today, Glenn. Uh oh. I gotta what's, tell you something. What's going on, bro? I think this is show worthy. You know what I'm really sick and tired of? Oh, not God. Ravens related at all. But I so I run at the park at Patterson Park often. Right. Yeah. I'm a local legend, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm actually a local legend of five segments at Patterson Park. But uh, what I was really gonna say is that uh, I, if you cannot handle the size of your animal, your dog, do not adopt that dog. I am tired of seeing small people, both men and women, that have these massive dogs that they cannot control, and I just casually run by, and they're like, "Oh, nothing's gonna happen," and this dog's head is the size of a beach ball. <laughs> like what? A- what am I supposed to do? You couldn't control that dog if he decided to do anything. Like, what is this man? Tonight, I, there was a lady with a, uh, what are those German Shepherds on crack dogs? Um, oh, the Malinois. Yes. And it was a, yeah. an especially big one. Like, they're not Ooh. generally, like, large, but right. it was an especially big one. And he was pissed. And he was barking everywhere. And I'm like, what am, what am I supposed to do about this? You obviously can't control your animal. Like, yeah, and you're fast, Jimbo, but you ain't out running. No, it. not a chance. <laughs> um, I, I was trying to yeah. figure out the closest tree I could climb up. No joking. No doubt. Yeah. Anyway, no, I, mean, I had to get off my chest because I was angry about it. Yeah, I'm with you. And keep your dogs on a leash. Um, yes. I don't care how well behaved you think they are. Uh, they will run off if uh, you know something too good to resist pops in front of them. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, anyway, now that I got that off my chest, let's talk some Ravens. Yeah, I hope um, you feel better. Yeah, Glenn, I think that where I want to start, tell me if you want to start somewhere different. I just want to start on the team's overall energy and comments mm-hmm. and excitement about this offense. Has there been, you know, obviously Lamar's talked about it. What have been some things that you've heard that, you know, also get you excited? 
Yeah, no doubt. It, everyone I've heard, both players and media members, are are all talking about the energy level that's been brought to this the, the practice, to the meeting rooms, and to this team in general by new offensive coordinator Tab, Todd Munkin. He is he is the almost the sole voice you hear apparently during the offensive drills at practice, and and he's so detailed in how he wants things done, and and I love that about him. He doesn't, you know, like specifically. I think it was today or yesterday. They were running 18-yard uh, routes, I believe it was. Somebody ran it 16 yards. Uh-uh. No, you're going to hear about it. Somebody ran it 17 yards. Uh-uh. 18 yards. And how often, Jimbo, do we see, you know, an out route supposed to be run to the sticks, come yep. up a yard shy, or a yep. stick route, to again, trying to move the change, come up a yard shy. So I love – that's just one example of the attention to detail – uh, that Todd Munkin's bringing it and his energy level. I mean, he is not just that on the practice field. You know, Lamar Jackson says he brings that same energy to the to the meeting rooms and how 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 infectious that is and how how much fun everyone's having because of that energy. And Jimbo, I mean, you know this just as you know as much as anyone. When you're having fun doing something, learning is easier. Like when easier. I yep. was never the best student, Jimbo. You know, I was the class clown. I was the goofball. But the, the, the class I did the best in was the only teacher who took the time to make the lessons fun, interesting. Like, he, he, he was – I'll never forget Mr. Blot. Shout out to Mr. Blot. He was, the, he was my man. And I got the best final uh, – what's that? Your finals. I, I yeah. did the best in his class than any class I, I, I was in because he made things fun. And I love hearing the Todd Munkins doing that because – when you're when you're bored and it's monotonous and it gets old and gets that's not a good atmosphere for learning. But when you're mm -hmm. having fun, you're involved. There's high energy. You're gonna learn quicker. You're gonna embrace it more. And and when you hear Lamar Jackson, your quarterback has to be an extension of your coach. He has to be almost a coach on the field. So when I hear he's having fun, that just tells me he's gonna have you know no problem learning, acclimating, getting up to speed on this offense, and then he'll be able to make sure other guys and hold other guys accountable. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The thing I'll add to that as well is that that gets me excited is is Lamar's talked about how he's really giving him the keys to the car, right? Like he's he's able to now tell him if you want to make adjustments, if you want a wide receiver to do this, if you you know if you see this or whatever the case may be, because we haven't seen you know what did Greg Roman always used to say? Uh, you know he'd like to use the 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 play clock as like a, a an advantage for the Ravens to get up the line, be ready to go with a few seconds left, not allow the defense to adjust and things like that. And a lot of times, more than not, it, it bit us in the butt mm -hmm. i feel like um yep. maybe that's not the case if you actually look back but i think it'll be fun to watch lamar make some calls up mm -hmm. there and to you know because we just don't know that part of lamar's game that well we just haven't seen it so it'll be exciting yeah. to see it and you know i think obviously he's got it and he'll do great at it but because we've seen in other ways lamar's been able to recognize defenses and put the ball in the right place but this is just kind of a natural progression for him uh, and and that's really exciting. Uh, Sarah Ellison uh, put up a tweet. Said Lamar Jackson said that Todd Munkin is is giving him the keys to the offense. Right, you can change things when you want to. You see the defense and it's not looking right to you. You see some guys blitzing. You might want uh, your wide receiver to do something different. Coach is giving you the free will to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think that's super awesome. Now it's got to work, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody at the end of the day has got to produce, which I don't doubt that will happen. But uh, I think it's exciting because I think ultimately the communication, the over-communication, the energy, the positivity uh, is going to be foundational for Lamar 
and Munkin to have a successful marriage. They're tied to each other Mm -hmm. to have a successful relationship together. I mean, that just is what it is. Right. So that's, that's getting me exciting, man. Yeah. And I think you make a good point in that when Greg Roman had those kind of handcuffs on Lamar J, anyone who was under center, uh, it, it didn't allow, like, you know, Lamar Jackson, just one example, says he wants to run less this year. He wants to throw more. Uh, and that's the expectation going from a Greg Roman scheme to any other scheme in general, but certainly this one. I got to imagine that some of those runs, even under Greg Roman, when they were called passes, let's just say, for instance, say there's a pass and you see there's a blitzer coming. And you know this, this play ain't going to work, but you can't change the damn play. So what does he do as soon as the ball snap? He's looking to get the hell out of there because he knows there's a corner coming. So boom, now he's he's running off to the right. The whole play is is essentially just become an unscripted play, all because he didn't have the power to make any checks, any changes. So this this by itself will allow for just a just a more like an offense that looks like it's it's kind of like a puzzle that's all being put together. Like it just seems so disjointed at times last year, and I think that's one example of why. Is because he had no control to make any changes, no matter what the defense was showing him. You know, if we're running the ball to the left, and, and we see the defense shift and overload the left, he didn't have any. I mean, it's just crazy. He didn't have the control to make changes. So, um, no, I think you're you're 100 right, Jimbo. That is that is extremely exciting. Now, like you said, <clears throat> he's got to make the correct calls, but I I think. Part of uh, you know one of his many superpowers, Lamar Jackson's superpowers, is I think his quick quick decision making. So uh, it's evidenced in his in his red zone success. Um, so I, I don't I don't think he will have issues with those decision making uh, issues. Yeah, for sure. I think ultimately it's just if it's a ton of if thens. If he does this, then this. If he does this, then this. And and yeah, I think Lamar. <laughs> if anybody can shake somebody out of their shoes just out of instincts, I think. It's the same thing. If he moves this way, I move that way. If, you know what I mean? You're just outthinking the guy faster, and you're moving faster and in a decisive mm-hmm. way. So, yeah, it's just another way of manifesting that same train of thought. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. Uh, what do you think about the comments Lamar has made about, run, like you said, running less, throwing more? Uh, what What's your take on that overall? Do you think – I don't think Lamar is purposely like – when he, like, for example, when he said running can only take you so far, but in today's day and age, you need to be able to pass the ball, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Like, I don't think they were shots at Greg, right? Right. I don't think he meant anything bad by it. Like, I don't think he was trying to kick a kick a guy while he's down, right? But what was your take on the run less, throw more to get you concerned at all? No, I, I tell you why it doesn't get me concerned, Jim. I think his number of carries will go down, but I think his average per carry will go up. I think that we will see and you will see less of those in between the tackles, those those super high you know, mm-hmm. impact runs. And I think we'll we'll see less runs for bigger chunks because of the spacing that Munkin's bringing, because of the, the fact that he has just so many better weapons around him that garner the respect of the defense, which will, you know, just by that allow more spacing around him. Uh I, I don't see I don't think we'll we'll continue to see him use as a battering ram, but I do think he'll have still many opportunities to take off and and show another one of his superpowers. Uh, his legs, because that's what makes him so special and so sensational. He's not just a statue in the pocket. So I hope we don't see an eliminate, and I and I, I have no worry that we will. I don't think we'll see an elimination of that part of his game. But we'll see is you know less opportunity for him to have to get beat up on the inside when he's running in between the tackles. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there, and that and that's what I'm 
that's what I'm hoping for as well. So that's exciting stuff. Now, when I think of running less and throwing more, I don't just think of Lamar, but what do you think of the impact it'll have on a JK Dobbins on a, on a Gus Edwards? Is there any negative impact that it could have on these guys that could ultimately be to the detriment of the offense? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think, I think it won't be to the detriment of the offense, but I think we could see a, a regression like we saw second and third running backs on this team get 500. I mean, 750 for the second and, and 500 yards for the third running back. You're not going to see that anymore. Obviously you're not going to see, I, 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 without an injury to Gus or JK, or maybe even might have to even be both of them. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll see a a huge increase in justice Hills. Like, I I don't think he's going to have a huge yardage total from on the ground standpoint. We will see more catches, but I don't think we'll see much more on the ground. And I do think Gus, unless JK were to get banged up, will lose some some carries. And, and that could mean he loses some yards. But I think both and everyone are going to get an uptick in pass completions. And mm-hmm. I think that if you look at total yards, I, I don't see there being an issue with them getting even more than they had under Greg Roman. Only because if you look at all the running backs around the league, Jimbo, they typically don't have long, like, yardage-wise catches. Like, the ball doesn't travel far in the air. They get all their yards off of get the ball in their hands, and they make it happen. You know, oftentimes, they're short passes or behind the line of scrimmage. So, they had almost nothing when they were here. Like, JK and Gus had no catches. So, just the fact that they're going to have a normal allotment of of catches as a running back, which everyone in the league is doing, I think will we'll make, make up for what they'll lose in rushing yards. They'll they'll more than gain back in, in past receiving yards. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Ultimately, it's just having a chance to get the ball in your hands is what I think these guys are looking for. So however that manifests itself is not the issue. It's just about getting the ball, getting in space, and and being allowed to do some work. So that's going to be exciting stuff. Um, well, let's uh, – let, the other thing I want to uh, kind of transition to is is the brief news on on Tony Jefferson, right? I think this is also yeah. cool and and – and noteworthy that Tony Jefferson is officially after nine years retired from the NFL as a player and has officially begun his career as a, in the scouting department for the Baltimore Ravens. So shout out to Tony Jefferson on a great career. No doubt. Yeah, Super buddy. happy for him. And you know, he got his nine payday. years. Jimbo is an undrafted free. I mean, come on. And a big, and at least, and one big contract. And that's all it takes to yeah. set up your family for life. So that's right. Yeah, shout out to him. He was always a great guy in the community, always fantastic in the locker room. He's a good interview. Um, so, yeah, happy for him. And, I mean, what does that say for the organization, right? I mean, this guy wants to wants to stick around and wants to continue to be a part uh, of the Ravens, and I think that's just another testament of what, you know, the culture and everything that's been built here in Baltimore. So, shout out to him. And then also, in a, in a, in a uh, much more somber note, Jimbo, uh, I don't know if you saw, but it looks like uh, – James Prochet lost his, it looks like his mother. Yeah. Um, He tweeted, tweeted a picture about it and uh, man, it's tough. So, uh, you know, certainly hope for, uh, you know, that uh, he can find some, some sort of relief in a time that I'm sure he's having a, a really, really tough time. I'm sure his family's having a really tough time. Anytime you lose a parent, it's, uh, you know, almost as bad as it gets. So, yeah, so uh, hope he he uh, you know can bounce back and re- and recover. But I know he's going through a lot, so just wanted to mention James Prochet and his family. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Wish him for. Oh, I just said hundred percent. Oh, we're gonna get you on a shirt. 
Yeah, wishing for the best for for them. Speaking of shirts, Glenn, I got to give a shout out real quick uh, to one it. of our one of our uh, recent uh, partners or fo- contributors to the show, uh, Route One Apparel. Here, they're here, based in Baltimore. Uh, makes these awesome shirts. If you guys notice, if I can move my microphone out of the way, this is an eight, and on the back, you have the three great eights in Baltimore. If you can see them very well, it's Alex Ovechkin, it's it's uh, Cal Ripken, and of course the one only Lamar Jackson. If you want something like this, I'm going to be supporting mine on Saturday because you can get a good look at it. But um, check out RouteOneApparel.com. They were gracious enough to give us some free swag. I got some stuff for Glenn and DK as well. So uh, shout out to them. But uh, yeah, go check it out. They got some really cool stuff there and uh, appreciate the swag. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, it's crazy. I just saw on Get Up, Greeny. You know, and just see, it's like a month ago now, but Greeny did a book with one of the guys in the back, Hembo, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the great, the greatest players at every number. And they went all the way, one through 100. Oh, right. And they named it. And just as, a, as an example, he said, let's just throw one up and we'll let the panel discuss it. And he threw up the number eight. They didn't even bring up Ovechkin. Wow. Who were the people they brought up? I mean, it was a Cal, of course. Um, Oh, Does Kobe remember. get brought up? Oh, Kobe got brought up. One person voted for Kobe, even though he split numbers in in you know eight and twenty four. Yeah, but it was it was a bunch. But I Ovechkin was not brought up. I'm like this guy's about to break the damn scoring record for NHL, and he wasn't right. even mentioned. Like right. it, it absolutely blew my mind. He's not a Baltimore guy, but Ovechkin's as close to you know a, a hometown sports. I mean, hometown hockey star as I've had. Right, uh, got a jersey hanging in my in, in, in my closet right there with with his name on the back, and so I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, Steve Young, he was another guy they did mention. So yeah. they mentioned Young, they mentioned Cal, they met. But how do you not even bring up Alexander Ovechkin? Like, yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, he's about to break the record that everyone said was unbreakable. Gretzky's score. I mean, I'm, yeah, it's just crazy. So uh, anyway, that was just a side note. I'm like, are you kidding me, ESPN? Like, I know we hate on hockey, but damn. Yeah, was, somebody's uh, got to make it. I mean, certainly if it's something as, as uh, insurmountable as that, right, as unlikely as that. No doubt, no doubt. Um, but I wanted to get back to, and I think this is something you mentioned actually in the pregame show, or the pre-show, I should say, um, is the difference in weapons here, you know, this year as opposed to the last few years. And I think uh, this is a good a good way to to kind of display this is – let me show uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a tweet that Sarah Ellison put out because it really just kind of emphasizes the point of how much better they are in skill position talent yeah, than yeah. they were not long ago. And, in fact, not you know, where they were when they were winning a lot of football games and Lamar Jackson was winning MVP of this league. Um, so I'm putting it up now. Yeah. But as you can see here, Lamar Jackson was the unanimous MVP throwing to a rookie Marquise Brown. Willie Sneed, mm. Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin, and Chris Moore. Mm. Now he'll be throwing to OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, and Devin Duvernay. I mean, that is just a massive, ginormous, like, every one of them, if you lined it up, one-to-one, two-to-two, three-to-, every single one is a massive improvement and upgrade. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not even a dis- not even disputable, right? Yeah, no. I mean, is there anything that anyone could say that? I mean, is Hollywood better than? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you 100. percent This is just incredible. Lamar is smiling from ear to ear. He's so much happier. His demeanor. Now, look, 
the money in his pocket ain't hurting either. But I think from a football standpoint, I, I firmly believe this. One thing Joe Flacco used to say all the time is like, when you get out on the field, it doesn't matter. Like football is just football. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how much you're being paid or not being paid or whatever. Like football is football. So when Lamar's out there and he sees all these guys that he can throw the football to, man, it's got to be exciting. And I guess this is really what I wanted to get into is, have we ever had this much excitement around a whole offense, not a singular player, but a whole offense ever here in Baltimore going into a season? I would say no, uh, but because people have seen what Lamar is. They've seen him be an MVP. We have never seen him with this stall. We've never seen any Ravens scene with this unit of wide receivers. You got the all pro tight end. You got the rookie tight ends, you know, the second year tight ends that had solid rookie um, showings based on health and when they were available. You got the backs and you got the the the, the offensive line basically uh, intact. I mean, have we ever seen a guy? So, yeah, look at that, man. I mean, he's just a kid in a candy shop, <laughs> yeah, right? Buddy. Like, how, how excited is Lamar Jackson right now? And has there ever been more steam behind an offense ever in the history of this team? I, I mean, what do you think? You know, I was just trying to think back and if there is, has ever been more hype. Only, the only thing I think would be close, but I still, I, I think it still falls short is, is when Kubiak was brought in. I know everybody was, you know, super excited. We're going to see Joe's best year. And I think he probably did have his best year under Kubiak. But to your point, Jimbo, when you talk about the heights we've already seen from Lamar Jackson, there, I don't think is as excited as we've ever been about an offense. We've ever thought this offense could be number one. Like we've never mm-hmm. were that when we were never like, Oh, Joe could get us to number one. Like if we were a top 10 offense under Joe, it was like, that's pretty damn good. Cause we got a good defense. Like when, when you get hype about this and you got, you know, hopes and dreams about this offense, you can legitimately say we got a shot to be the best offense like that because we've done it. So it, under with this exact quarterback. So, uh, and with way worse weapons. So, no, I don't think there's ever been a time that's more more exciting. There's there's no there there's yeah there's just no way you could have ever guessed that the collection of talent we had here previously could have reached the heights that this team could very well reach. And then you couple that with the defense that's supposed to be you know that looks to be top ten and and possibly you know I think top ten I'm just kind of being you know I'm being reserved here. I think it could be mm-hmm. it could be very high in that top mm-hmm. ten. And then mm-hmm. the best special teams in the game. So that. Yeah, this is a, a lot of excitement. By the way, in the chat, for those wondering, O's are up one nothing right now in the fifth inning, bottom of the fifth, uh, two outs right now for the for the Yankees, but the O's are up one nothing. Nice, that's yeah, awesome. Um, man, I'll tell you what, I, I I'm so excited for this offense. And one of the things I got to talk about as well, let's let's talk about the O line because I got some. Uh, let me pull this up real quick. I just saw this, and I think it's really interesting. Um, I saw the the PFF top ten offensive linemen. Uh, was it offensive lines or just linemen, like individuals? Individuals. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. Gosh, dang it! Let me find it. But the point is, they left Ronnie Stanley off the list. Okay. Um. And and so I want to get your take. Let me get the list. But do you think it's pretty criminal to leave Stanley off the list or do you think that because he was coming back from the injury and you know it's a little bit of like the shared roles at the beginning of the season if you remember that and all those things um do you think Stanley deserved to be on the list well I guess I'd have to see the list but I will say that I think he's a top 10 lineman I mean I think he's 
you know, maybe Trent Williams. I would give Trent Williams He's number say, one on this list. I do remember that. Yeah, Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. But there's not. I, I mean, I can't. I know Bakhtiari gets a lot of love as a left tackle, but you talk about injury issues. He's had more, you know, or just as many. So, man, I, I got to say, I, I think that I'd be hard pressed to think of another left tackle that I would take over Ronnie Stanley. I knew Taron Armstead. Okay. Just and it gets, here you go. It gets even worse. I apologize. It's top 10 offensive tackles, not even linemen. Well, let me guess. So you're going to have so, Trent Williams, right? You're going to have Trent, Trent's number one. You're going to have Lane Johnson. Number right? two. Okay. You're going to have Taron Armstead somewhere in there. Um, Armstead is, doesn't, oh, I, who's the guy who smoked with the mask? Tunsil's number three. Okay. So I'm three for three. All right. Yep. Who else would be higher? And Ronnie after that. All right, give me the list. Okay, so Andrew Thomas. Orlando is, Brown better not be on this list. He's not, not that I can okay. see. A- right. Andrew Andrew Thomas, okay. New York Giants, yep. uh, Christian Darisol, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Man, come on. Yeah. Put Darisol up there above? All right. Yeah, what Jordan else? Mailata, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Tristan Wharfs, Tampa Bay Bucks, Colton Miller, Raiders, Rashawn Slater, Chargers, Penny Sewell. Yeah, Sewell comes in at 10. And Ronnie is 12. Yeah, Orlando I mean, Brown Jr., 14. That's fine. That's fine. No, Zeus is not better than Ronnie. No, no, no. He's 14. No, Zeus I'm talking about that's in the comments section. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah, not. when they, if, if health isn't a thing, come, come on. on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, come that's, on. that's outrageous. Zeus? Zeus, he's, he's a good if he, left- so, if he was so damn good, why the hell did Chiefs not not pay him after they gave up all that to uh, go get him? Right, they I let mean, him that's, leave. That's a clear indictment. Go ahead, Bengals. You can you now, can Tunsil. Tunsil's a good player. I can't hate on him, and he's he's also, highly penalized though, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah yeah. He'll get his hands on you, but you know you got to give him credit. I'm not I'm not here to just right. Uh, you know, just be ridiculous here. But yeah, those but- two guys, Slater, and who else was the other? Darisol. They're so young. It's like, they, what have they done? I mean, you're talking about all pro best season that's ever been had by a left tackle is what Ronnie's done in 2019. I mean, yeah. this guy was the best of the best. Like, he had a better season than than uh, Ogden ever had. Like, right. And now we're, we're putting a couple of young cats up there. Come on. That's nonsense. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to get that. I wanted to get that. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I don't know what the breakdown of the list is. There's no way to me. Ronnie's outside of the top 10, but the other piece that I really want to get to is I've heard great things as, 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 as uh, early as it is about one Ben Cleveland that left guard. Do you see the picture of him? I did not. Can someone find it? Dude, I saw it earlier. Let me see if I can find it. He Apparently he's so, in phenomenal shape, right? Dude, He's so huge. Like you see his legs, out of the like the football pit, what, what's not covered by the football pants and the socks? Oh he's my just got gosh. veins popping out of his legs. Like it's not your 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 legs. Yeah, yeah it's look not like normal. That. No, he is huge. It's like if this guy isn't, he, he's got to be good. Like he's so he's in such his body is ridiculous. Like you shouldn't be that heavy and have no gut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, yeah. Mm. It's pretty insane. Uh, I'll show I'll show the picture. But Ronnie Ravens O's Nation says Ronnie's a top five left ta- left tackle at worst. Give me a break. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I wouldn't slide Ronnie past five in my opinion either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a walk in the park uh, for Ronnie Stanley. But th- I think this is the picture you're referencing. Let me see. 
Yes. I mean, I mean, come on, dude. He yeah. is just look at his legs. Yeah, it's insane. Now this one, but I mean, look at the arms, dude, and the legs. You're right. Yeah. Has anyone seen? Um, how? Oh, what's his name? The offensive lineman we had last year coming off the Achilles, Jawan James. Oh yeah, dude. The difference between his legs dude. and Ben Cleveland's his legs look like my legs. That's no, not it's a compliment. Like, got dude Juwan james got kevin durant legs dude like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so but we're hearing good things are you excited are you you should you telling people to pump the brakes because it's otas like oh yeah yeah but this is his year this is the year look we we thought that uh ben powers was pretty much washed and it was gonna be yeah. you know finding himself a, a different profession but in his third year, he exploded and earned a ton and ton of money. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what's incoming for Ben Cleveland. So fourth I mean, year, right? Do I have the math wrong? Who's? In his contract year, right? Ben Cleveland, fourth year. Was it his fourth year? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? but I thought he was a late pick. So he only... right. So that would be the last year of his deal was year four. Is that right? Okay. All I right. believe. Well, either way, I understand your point. In that yeah. in that contract year when he was supposed to hit it, when he was supposed yeah, to do and, it, yep. yeah. And this is year three for Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and he's going to have the opportunity to, to win the job because what mm-hmm. I'm hearing is file Lele has been working primarily as a right tackle, mm-hmm. which is what we expected him to mm-hmm. take over eventually for Morgan Moses. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in, Oh, I'm wanting to mention him. Oh, right. The bears guy. Yeah. The center Well, they brought in the center who played, I think uh, he said 34 uh, starts at center, which if that's your backup, that's a heck of an experienced backup. But, when John was asked if he had any, if he was going to com- be competing at left guard, John was very clear as they look at him as the backup center. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so if if he's the backup center, he's not competing for left guard. We see Falele primarily. He's he's working at right tackle. Who is the competition right now? I mean, I guess it's McCary, but I think they want him to remain in that super swing role. So, who is really competing for left guard? I mean, I guess maybe Sala, but I, I still look at him as a right tackle. I mean, a, more of a tackle prospect, but he yeah. can bend, so maybe they look at kicking him into guard. Who do you look well, at as, as the real competition? There's no guard? way Ben Cleveland looks at Sala. Look, I love the kid. Yeah. He's a teddy bear right now. He's fresh out of college. He's got that soft underbelly. He's got baby fat, yeah. Got that soft underbelly. And let me tell you what, ben, there's if Ben Cleveland loses his job. It's an indictment. To... No offense. I'm excited for Salah. Like, no one's knocking him here. But Ben has had two years in the league. Mm-hmm. And he's an absolute mammoth. This would... N- this, you're right. I mean, this would be an absolute indictment on him if he loses that job. Right? Yeah. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't didn't they have one year of overlap with Munkin and Cleveland at Georgia? Which I would mean so. yep. he has familiarity already, you know, with, with Munkin, which gives him a leg up you know, amongst the competition for the left guard spot as well. Right. Um, and, but let me ask you this, Jimbo. If McCary looks like the better option, but it's not like a huge leap. And maybe it's like, he's, well, he's, he's better in that he doesn't have any mental mistakes, but if they're both playing their best, I give a slight edge to Cleveland, but at least we know if McCary's out there, he won't have any blown assignments. We'll never miss. He's super tough. If they say he's more, if they had to rank him and they say, yeah, Macari's a little bit better, 
Would you be in favor of them putting McCarry in and getting their best five on the field day one or leave McCarry as that super flexible piece? I think that if it's marginal and you got a true backup center, then if you had a true backup center, I think that you put McCarry in at left guard if you feel good about your backup center because then you got viable options. If McCarry stays at guard and one of the tackles goes down, I think you got some viable options there because you got, uh, you know, you talked about Salah, but at least at right tackle, you got uh, Falele if Moses goes down. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And I'm trying to think who our options would be left. Falele has also played some left in an emergency situation. So either way, it would be patchwork. Salah could plug in there. Um, But I think you have some more bodies you could throw out there. And then ultimately, you could move McCarry out to, to say, left tackle, for example. I'm not manifesting anything. Um, and then you could you could put Falele on the inside if it's Morgan that's healthy and Ronnie that goes down. So you could put Falele into the guard or Ben. Excuse me. You could put yeah. You could put Ben there and then move move uh, move McCary over. So I think if it's not convincing, you put McCary out there because he's better. As long as you feel good in your backup center. But if you do not feel good about your backup center, you got to keep McCary healthy. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's because, my thought. Yeah. Because I mean, if Ronnie were to go down mid game. In my opinion, they're putting McCarry in there mid game. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you have a week to prepare, maybe you go file Lele. But if it happens in game, I think the guy they trust the most is uh, is going to be. Oh, you know what's crazy? And I'm so glad somebody mentioned it uh, in the chat. There we go, John Parsons. Shout out to John who mentioned in the chat because I I remember John Harbaugh talking about this guy and Jimbo. I remember this guy when we were doing our pre draft. You know, we were we were going digging into the draft back in 2020. And John Simpson was signed uh, to the Ravens, who's uh, drafted in 2020 in the fourth round by out of Clemson. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure if you looked at him, you'd remember him, Jimbo, because it's a guy we talked about during that draft process. He's 6'4", he's 330 pounds. He's currently listed under as the backup left guard under our lads. Now, if you go to ESPN, they don't have him listed there yet, but I know our lads does a really good job of uh, of keeping up with that. So, and And with the fact that John Harbaugh – you know, was asked about him and talked about how, you know, how happy he is that he's here. It looks like that right now is the main competition. It's it's John Simpson, which, by the way, is awesome because he's 25 years old, a fourth-round pick just a couple years ago. So this isn't like a guy who's, you know, we've seen his ceiling and we know what he can do and, and this is, you know, as good as it gets. We don't even know what this guy can do. He's 6'4", 330 pounds, right. but he's only 25 years old, Jimbo. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I'm, I'm excited about that as well. I do recall that guy. Um, and I'm looking forward to, so we have some serious depth on the O line. I know that, you know, I'm really excited overall about this, the, the majority, the core of this unit coming back. Um, do you feel, I, I think this is probably an easy answer. How do you feel the offensive line makeup? Like we have some athletic guys on the outside. We have a really athletic guard or excuse me, center, um, do you think that bodes well for Munkin's offense? Do you think he considers that, right? He's like, okay, I've got all these weapons, but I also need to consider the guys in front of Lamar. Like, can they move? You know, are they road graders? How will that end up shaping this offense in your opinion? And and do you think it, uh, you know, having those athletic guys is good or you think, you know, Munkin maybe stylistically is like, man, eh, I'd rather have some, some guys that can just lay the wood, right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right in that each scheme would have different preferences in their linemen. Like, a zone-blocking scheme wants the 
you, you know, typically the the smaller, quicker foot guys that can get out and move, and then you know more of the power scheme just want to hit you in the mouth and knock you off the ball, and not really worried how much you can move in space. But I guess right now it's kind of wait and see what Todd wants to do. I will say that when you when they asked Tyler Linderbaum in his most recent press conference a couple of days ago, he was asked about you know the difference in philosophy and how that changes his job and how he does things and. What I garnered from his answer was basically that their mentality and their way of uh, you know their their way of looking at offensive linemen is more of it's more of like the structure of the team and this is more John's outlook on he wants big he wants strong but he wants guys that can move their feet as well and I think that's more of a philosophy that's just the Ravens in general and Todd's gonna have to you know kind of fit his scheme around you know how they want to draft big strong guys up front but. I got to imagine every offense would look good with a big, strong, athletic lineman in front of you. It's just typically you don't find all three of those things in one package. Mm-hmm. Usually the guy's too small to be considered big and strong, or he's too uh, he's too sluggish to be considered athletic enough if he is big enough. Um, so I think any offense would do well with a big, strong, athletic lineman. It's just most of the time you can't find all those in one player outside like first rounders. Right. Absolutely. And, and, I think the nice part about this offensive line is get we whatever their makeup is or preferences are as players, you got a solid group of young guys and vets. I mean, if you think of right tackle, Morgan Moses is a vet. He's played in a lot of offenses. Same thing with Zeidler's played in a, a number of offenses. Same thing, you know, Ronnie's a vet at this point, uh, you know, played in, in a number of different schemes, even here in Baltimore. And then really all you got to, you know, Tyler, of course, is, is a, a guy, a younger guy, but really the two, presumably the, the only two young guys will be center and, and left guard. And Tyler has already shown that, like, <laughs> I have no concerns about Linderbaum, right? Zero. Like, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely not. The dude just loves ball and, and is a, I mean, it was, I was shocked he didn't make the Pro Bowl last year. I think it was a serious snub. Um, but I wouldn't but tell you what the center position's deep nowadays, Jimbo. There's a lot of good centers around the league, which is kind of crazy because it didn't always be that. It wasn't always yeah. like that. Well, he's top two and he ain't two. I know that's right. That's our guy. That's <laughs> our guy. But just think about it. it's like you got Creed Humphrey who stormed. It was immediately yeah. good. You got uh, what's that, Lindsay? But no one ever calls holding on Kansas City offensive lineman. Like let's just say what it is. Like when's the last time you saw a holding penalty called on any offensive lineman from the Kansas City Chiefs? That damn Patty Mahomes. I mean, come on. Yeah, anyway, baby. Sorry, I cut you, I cut you off there, but no, yeah. I can see the passion. It was lighting yeah. your face up. I mean, it's it's true though. Like, dude, you said you count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three yeah. Mississippi, four Mississippi. You get to five Mississippi, you're telling me you didn't miss eight holding penalties? Yeah, right, dude. You could have so much laundry on that field. You could start a laundromat business on the sideline and be raking it in. Well, Look, they might have been stuck in uh, Orlando Brown's belly button. That's true. Okay? Yeah. Get lost in there for at least a couple. Roger Goodell's in the ref's earpiece like, don't call that one. Don't call that one. Don't call that one. Don't like, you yeah, no, Take that whistle out of your mouth. Yeah. You want to get fought? You want a paycheck, son? Like, right. gosh. Anyway, but you're right. It is deep. But don't be surprised if Linderbaum goes from not making the Pro Bowl to the All-Pro. Like, don't be surprised. He can yeah. absolutely do that. All that is out in front. I don't care what anyone says. I think he's the best at his position. I think he has the most potential at his position. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for him. Yeah, yeah. I think this offensive line has a chance to be top, you know, certainly top five, top three in the league. Uh, and that's good enough in my book when you got those guys 100%. around that offensive line. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, this is – I think I'm I'm uh, 
more concerned with the defensive line than the offensive line, but they did bolster and get some, yeah. uh, they, they got some talent on the, uh, let me see here. I'm, I'm going to try and pull it up, but they just grabbed a, a, a defensive tackle. I think it's getting people excited, Jimbo. This guy, this guy may not like, he's not going to be the guy that, uh, you know, he, He's he's a he's he's a high motor. He's big. He's strong. He plays hard. He's not going to be a guy to get you a ton of sacks from the interior. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to find. Uh, I know Roquan Smith was talking about, it, and he was raving about uh, you know being reunited with this guy from their time in Chicago. He talks about how he runs to the ball. He plays hard. And just there was a there was a clip that just showed what you're getting. Uh, in and his name is Angelo Blackson, by the way. Uh, he's a, yep. a veteran D tackle. Thirty and, at this point, I believe he's thirty years old. Yeah, and and he let's see, he's played in thirty-two games over the last two seasons. So this isn't a guy who you know lacks in playing experience. But uh, there was just a, a quick little clip, and I can't find it now. But it had a bunch of of examples of how hard this guy plays. There's one where he you know he, he rushes up the middle, and the, the 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 running back ends up going to the outside, or I think it was a quick throw to the outside. This guy turned around, hauled ass twenty yards, and took down the ball carrier. I, I think the Ravens love guys that have that play with a high motor, and of course that play well against them. Um, so I'm excited. They bring in they bring in Blackson, who they definitely needed depth at that position. So let's see what this guy can do, and hope that uh, Roquan was right in in hyping up uh, Mr. Angelo here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, depth, depth, depth. That's the that's the name of the game. And in fact, Glenn, I got to tell you something that I've been thinking about. I know we're going to talk about him. We can come back to Angelo, but there's something about PQ I've been thinking about. Remember how before I said that Eric's comments were trying to uh, kind of increase his value for trade bait? Mm-hmm. I am firmly... So, like, two weeks ago, I thought of this. And I've been forgetting about it every single show we've had, but I remembered it, and I know we talked about talking about PQ on the show, so I want to mention this now before I forget. This is not true. I... I'm vehemently against my previous comments. This is, I could never be a politician. Actually, maybe that would make me a good politician, right? Like just Well, at least you'd be willing to come off of a bad idea. Yeah, so this is why. Let me tell you why. Because Eric got bit in the butt with not having enough contingency plans last year. Mm-hmm. Remember what happened when Bateman went down? It was an absolute oh. dumpster fire, right? Yeah. Anytime you got uh demarcus robinson as your number one no knock on demarcus like we appreciate what he did here but anytime he's your number one you got problems Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and eric is not going to repeat that mistake at any position so i think that the idea is contingencies on contingencies right like obviously i think he's going to play well next to roquan but heaven forbid roquan goes down we can't be picking guys up off the street Right. And expecting them to, you know, maintain that anything close to a high level of play. It's obviously already going to be a drop off from Roquan to PQ if he steps into that role. But ultimately, I think he's here because they're not going to let this happen again. Where it's like you got one stalwart, and then you know the, there's a there's a a huge gap between one and two. It cannot happen again. I think Eric mm-hmm. refuses to repeat that that mistake. So I'm taking back my comment. Yeah, I love I love the fact that he's raising the floor of this team. Like, yep. He's tired. He don't want to have a low floor. Yeah, yeah. Close the gap between your starters and your backups. Um, every roster position has proven can be proven to be vital. You know, you you have one weak position, Jimbo. How often does that position get exposed? Like it just seems like you know, last year with the Ravens receiving core, of course Bateman gets hurt, right? Because he was the one guy they couldn't afford to get hurt. Because if he got hurt, everything else 
you know, w- was kind of in shambles. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, excellent to, you know, excellent idea to continue to build this roster, even when you're talking at the back end of the roster. 40 through 53 need to be just as strong as you can get them to be because you're only as worse as your weak or as good as your weakest link, as they say. So let's be good everywhere. Now, another addition that I think Ravens fans are hopeful for, which get, gained a little bit of traction as of late, was uh, Marcus Peters. He, you know, he recently commented on a Lamar Jackson post when he said, uh, roughly, you know, Lamar Jackson said something about great being back out here, and he had a picture of himself on the practice field. And Marcus Peters commented, "Miss my folks," he says. So does that mean that he's uh, missing in them, as in? you know, good riddance or like, I won't see you again or bring me back. I miss y'all. Like, what would you get out of that? Yeah, I take it as, I mean, the, the latter, I think that's, I think Marcus is saying, Hey, come get me. Like I'm out here ready to go. Uh, I'm interested to know what his price tag is. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if Eric's going to be in such a rush because the longer he waits, I'm assuming the lower that price tag gets. Right. So like, why, yeah. Why jump now? But well, I'd love to have Marcus back, man. I'd love, I mean, I know everybody's excited about Rocky Asin and, and I am as well, but man, Marcus is just, um, Marcus is a playmaker, a difference maker. A, he He's such a, a momentum changer of the game and, and, and a, a Raven in every sense of the word that, yeah, I'd love to have Mark or uh, Marcus back. Yeah, me too. I think he'd be an excellent ad. And for all those saying he's washed and he's old and he's this, here we go. DK puts up, yep, miss my folks down at the bottom, Juice Man. Uh, Anyone who's saying he's washed and he gave up this, he gave up that, look at every player in the history of the league in their first year after their ACL, and then look at them in their second year after the ACL repaired. It is a massive jump. And I think we all saw Marcus Peters improving as the season went on. I think the most important thing is we didn't see any setbacks. He played throughout the final. You know, whenever he came back, he continued to play. He played well, played throughout the the rest of the season. And I think everyone's is is so hyped for J.K. in his second year after the ACL. Everybody's so hyped for for Gus and OBJ. Be Be hyped like that for Marcus Peters. He ain't done. He just had an ACL repair. So let's, if he comes back, I expect him to play at a very, very high level, continue to bring that swag he's been bringing since he's gotten the league. And yeah, I, I, I disagree with those saying he was washed. Yeah, I, I also I also disagree. I mean, you got to give it time. He was fresh off that injury. And uh, yeah, you just got to give it some time, especially at the position he plays. He's not dropping back. He's not just going straight forward and backwards. I mean, you know, the, the demands of that position and his knee are just... Uh, incredible right so um yeah i'm 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 hoping that marcus ends up back here no doubt no doubt i think the defense is too i think they miss him yeah for sure um glenn this is the other question i gotta ask you at at ellie's on saturday night are you getting chicken tenders again i might yeah they were good almost choked on a fry but (laughs) yeah the tenders were good (laughs) i gotta eat something i'll see what's on i might get a burger there you go. It's been a while since I had a burger. Here they got a good burger. Um, so you know, let's check out the burger. There but you go. I know I'm gonna have a couple of brewskis. You know, gotta have a couple tall ones. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'll have a driver, so um, no worries. You don't have to drive me home, Jimbo. You don't have to hold my hair back. You know, in case I'm hugging the old porcelain uh, <laughs> throne there. But um, but I, I I tell you what, I can't wait for this event. I think it's, it was yeah. so cool meeting so many of you guys that that came out and were able to say hi. 
Uh, but now you'll have the opportunity to meet the missile. And I think that is just so cool. I know, you know, growing up, I mean, look, when I was watching that first Super Bowl, I got Kadri making plays, man. I went back, I showed my son a highlight reel from Kadri, and, you know, a lot of his time from when he was with the Vikings. Um, and, and then now he comes over here. And, of course, he absolutely balled out as a Raven. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait, Jimbo. How about mm -hmm. you? Yeah, no, I'm with you 100. I'm I'm excited to, and then Cordell's an exciting one too because we I mean, haven't had the on. opportunity to interact with Cordell uh, that much as of late, and he's just a great follow. Uh, he's hilarious on Twitter. He's great on his show. He's talented. The, yeah, the thing I like about Cordell is that he doesn't back down off his opinions to anyone. No, and it doesn't matter how long you've been on 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 the radio. He doesn't care. That's right. That's right. You know, his opinions are his opinions, and so I'm excited. I don't know if I disagree on any of his opinions thus far but there might be a couple but that's good yeah, yeah exactly that's, that's the fun of it right yeah, yeah. and the really cool thing as well guys is that last time you know because it was the draft it was a bit of a different format than this one is going to be much more interactive we're going to take questions uh if we got one free mic we'll probably uh allow you to come up to the mic and, and just ask your question and have that conversation and we we can we can do some of those things this is gonna be a lot a lot of fun i mean like glenn said i mean if you don't care about us we got a Super Bowl winning wide receiver out there for the Baltimore Ravens, Kadri Ismail. So we won't get offended. It's okay. And we get to see our guy, Tony. I mean, our guy, Tony, talk about a radio voice. This man yeah. was made to be on 98 Rock. There's no doubt about it, but also a good, good friend of ours. So, yep. uh, man, this is going to be such a cool event. Last time, it, it, it kind of went beyond our expectations. Shout out to DK for really being, uh, I mean, my goodness, the role he played that day, Jimbo, yeah. making us look a lot better. Um, cause I was, my head was spinning when I got there. Yeah, absolutely. That was huge. He really did save our butts on that one. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm shout sure out to Dr. Uncle Bob as well, who yeah. also came in clutch. Is he coming up, dude? He, he's got gigs. He can't. Oh, it's a Saturday. That makes yeah, sense. It makes it tough yeah, for him. Yeah. 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 Thursday was much easier, but uh Saturday he's typically yeah, that... booked this time of year, but shout out to Dr. Uncle Bob. Yeah, fair enough. No, definitely. Uh, coming in clutch as well. So I think that's all for us tonight. Uh, it was an absolute blast. Make sure to come join us at Ellie's, guys. Uh, we're really excited about it. So, you know, come join us and, and hang out. Other than that, Glenn, it's been real. It's been fun. Another Thursday night mm -hmm. talking about the Ravens. Let's go O's, too. And let's go O's. That's right. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, can't can't wait to pick up the conversation on Saturday and keep digging into it. Um, we'll get some way too early predictions from these guys. We'll get some hot takes from them. I'm sure we'll get some some good, heated, fun conversations out of that. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. we'll make some friendly wagers as well. Um, all of the above. I'm looking forward to it. So come join us. Have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you on Saturday. See you.